still a man. I am still capable of rage, of pettiness, and hope. The two of us have been more exposed down here than anyone, but your moral compass hasn't fluttered. I'm still capable. Neither of us has sprouted wings. This creature isn't all-powerful. If Satan himself is in there, I doubt he's a match for Lavinia Bidlow. We're taking a terrible risk. It means to destroy us. If we've lost hope, it already has. It's not fun. Whoops. Mr. Burroughs? Mr. Scampoli? You look very fine this podcast. I think so too. I got a new haircut. Um, and I also think that episodes four and five of The Nevers look pretty good too. We're talking about Undertaking and Hanged in a combo episode. Uh, episode four, directed by David Smell, who also directed episode three and written by Maduri Sakar. And uh, episode five, directed by Joss Whedon, written by Melissa Iqbal. Um, and it's interesting to see there's a lot of, like, looking at the writers, um, besides Joss Whedon, Jane Espenson, there's some people on the come up, it seems, because when you look at these people's IMDb's, there's like, you know, one or two things on there, which is always cool to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, looking them up, like they've been working on stuff, at least credits, at least their credits on, um... IMDb and whatnot, like going back to like 2013, 2010 or whatever. So I have to assume in situations like that, there's probably a lot of like writer's assistant work that we don't necessarily see like credited or, or whatever, but it's nice to pull these people up, give them a shot and they're on the come up on a, on a, on a fresh new show that I hope more and more people are giving a chance. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe we can take a moment just at the start. So we're almost at the end of the first half of the season and uh, we can talk about generally, we're going to dive into the details of the episodes to a certain extent, obviously, but uh, I'm really enjoying it still, but I have, uh, it's a bit disconcerting. It's a bit reminiscent of Cobra Kai before it was on Netflix, which uh, we've also discussed Cobra Kai in detail, a show we've loved for years and seemed to be slowly just getting itself canceled because it wasn't put in front of the right people because there were loads of people who would enjoy it but they didn't see it and i'm not sure it feels like a little bit of that maybe a little bit of the show being a bit confusing inaccessible to people i don't mm. know i really like it still but yeah have, is like anyone you know are they watching the nevers because i haven't heard anyone but me talk about it yeah honestly like yeah people i talk to in day to day um, I haven't really heard any feedback or, or heard that they're checking the show out. Um, I mean, yeah. it does feel like it does. It has, you know, like, like most shows, especially something like this, it is a kind of built for a nice cult internet following. Um, it does have the big hurdle of Joss Whedon, which used to be, you know, mm -hmm. a great plus. Uh, but now it's more of a hurdle, uh, where people are kind of taking a stand, um, with this show. Which, hey, yeah. can't blame for it either way. But, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and I think just in general, like I said before, like I said when we discussed the first episode, I'm not one to watch, like, a period piece. So that kind of puts me off, that puts me off immediately. Like, I probably wouldn't have checked this show out without Joss yeah. Whedon's name to, uh, attached to it. 
uh, I'm glad I did, but I, I, I assume there's a lot of people like that out there. Cause it, even similar to like when game of Thrones started, like, I mean, it's hard to remember, but there were people initially like you had to talk them into be like, no, it's not drag, even though it became dragons and magic and everything, <laughs> but you had to be like, yeah. no, no, it's not dragons and, and magic. It's political intrigue and incest. And everyone's like, hell yeah, yeah let's make this the biggest show <laughs> in the world. <laughs> everyone was like that i remember that um yeah it's interesting you said that about like it definitely has the potential for you know a big cult slash internet following uh i think to some extent that's not to its detriment but i have had like several moments watching this where the show acts as if the characters have earned more trust and interest than they actually have i agree and they're really well designed characters and i do like their different dynamics like i like I like what I'm seeing. It's just I am not as invested as the show thinks I should be. And that kind of feels like it, it's kind of relying on fan obsession or fan fiction, like watching some of the clips between like they have like behind the scenes of how they did this scene or that. They're going like, ah, oh, and of course, Nimble's going to feel this or that uh, because this happened or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, as if we'd know that fella's name. They mentioned it once, maybe like an episode ago, but generally like I am willing to become invested in them. I just haven't had time. And I guess this is sort of the trade off we were talking about probably in the first uh, episode we were discussing this. We were talking about, you know, the difference between a show like this and a monster of the week because the pace uh it's stuff stuffs can seem to be flying by um whereas in a sort of monster of the week a season has 22 episodes what that gives you is time to connect with the characters through each like iteration each repetition of them solving a mystery or whatever happens on this show you know um and just in a sense, that can often lead to loads of filler and unnecessary shit. And I do appreciate a show that will just get straight to the main story and fucking nail the main story. Um, but the show does act as if we've had all of those little moments to make us care even more. And I, I still think I'm like on the side of people who would care quite a lot, you know, having watched this. But I, I feel like the show thinks I should care even more. <laughs> yeah, that's ex that's exactly what I was going to say, especially about these two episodes, uh, four and five. Is the show yeah, especially with a lot of speeches and stuff? And I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> the show's working in like a shorthand that it hasn't earned fully. Um, yeah, because even even like plot points, I feel like they're like glossing over stuff because unless maybe I'm missing things. Because like for example, in one of these episodes, maybe it's episode five. Like all of a sudden, there's like a registration or whatever, and I mean. I don't know. Is that something they brought up before? I guess maybe it was. Uh, no, they do like an intentional time jump yeah. uh, between four and five. I mean, yeah, they do do that, I think, intentionally with a lot of stuff like the Galanthi, obviously. Uh, oh, man, I was gonna, talking about it. Don't get me started yeah, on how everyone's <laughs> talking about the Galanthi, dude. I actually didn't mind, but I saw people on Reddit who didn't like it, and I can't really blame anyone for not liking it, because you're just like, yeah, just tell me what's going on, and I'll be invested. I'm not going to be able to invest otherwise, you know? Well, especially because the episode previous, like, ends on a, like, who is it? Cliffhanger. And it's like, yeah. oh, and then we cut in, like, here we are, uh, five weeks later, Galanthi this, Galanthi that, it's underground, clearly, what are we waiting for? Um, yeah, which is, I, again, it's not terrible because, you know, I bring this up a lot. Like, would I rather than have a whole episode where by the end they're like, it's called the Galanthi. 
Um, and then like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a piece of the thing. Uh, so I guess it's fine. It's not, ter- it's not a big deal, but it's just, you know, I, I guess it's similar to some of the stuff we're talking about in the, in the previous episodes where it's sometimes breakneck speed or it feels that way. Uh, yeah. And then other stuff is kind of drawn out, like the reveal of what that is, because everyone at home is just like, well, it seems to be clearly aliens. So yeah. if it is, why don't you just say that it's aliens? And if it's not, uh, you know, get on with it either way, I guess. <laughs> and like, again, uh, maybe I'm dumb uh, and I missed something. But with uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, I don't want to say what's her face. True. Um, yes. Yeah. With Amalia. Amalia. And true. she's talking about being abandoned a lot. Like, am I supposed to know who she's talking about? No, but everyone is assuming that she's talking about she's a fucking alien or whatever. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, just yeah. fucking come out and say it then, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. because um, But but then, like, they're, she's having these conversations and it feels like other characters understand what's going on. Um, yeah. And, and I think I mean, it is a problem because we can't really in, get interested in Amalia True's character and motivation. Uh, like, I care more about Adair, maybe because I live in Ireland and I'm a racist and, like, I like... But maybe just because she's, you know... She has quirks that are fun, whereas True is just like, I'm ups- I'm annoyed all of the time and I go and drink instead of going to the funeral. And that's all great, but we also don't know what's going on with her. Like, she's yeah. a good actor and there's moments that are really cool and cool fight scenes even, like, but uh, we don't really know... Uh, like, we get that she cares and I just feel like they're trying to... They, it feels like a couple of times in these episodes they don't tell us something and make it kind of a mystery and then later they're just like oh yeah it was that thing that you assumed it was all along like just tell it tell us from the get go like about uh, who sent the fisherman to attack uh, Amalia True and by the way the fact that he's alive I think last episode I was like it's so cool that they introduced this character yeah. and kill him and then I'm like oh he wasn't dead okay cool I'm a little <laughs> bummed I was but also like, a they, little bummed he's not dead yeah, so they kind of have him. Um, they 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 have like the Lord again. I need to look up everyone's name because I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. They don't say them enough. But that's whatever, also but, well. Or, it's weird because sometimes they do say them a, a ton. But again, again, they work in shorthand. But like, it, it's it's kind of tied into what we're talking about. And, and I know sometimes if you, if you love the show, it feels like we're shitting on the show. But I just want to tell you we're not. We we really like the show. We're just we're discussing some of the ins and outs of it. But it's tied because like we're talking about, we're keeping up with all these like shorthand plot points that are popping up. So it's harder to then also keep track of like some of the names here and there, uh, even though they are like I think sh- throwing them out rapid pace sometimes. Yeah, I think shorthand like that word you used is exactly right for the show kind of expects you to do some of the work on your own. Um, and sometimes that doesn't really work out like with, I think, do they call him the fisherman? No. Uh, but anyway, uh, the guy who does the fishing, uh, like they have Lord Masson, like kind of admit that he did it, but not quite. And like they leave something as kind of a slight mystery and we're like, ah, oh, that's too obvious. That can't be him. And they have this mysterious tone about everything. And then later it was just him who sent the guy to to kill Amalia True, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they just build build stuff up as a kind of mystery, and then they go, yeah, no, it was the thing you assumed all along. So, uh, not sure why we didn't just go ahead with it. Um, oh, but yeah, odium. those are some of the, uh, the general sort of comments. Sorry, what? Odium. 
Is that the name you're looking oh, yeah. for? I had to look it up. I don't know. I, I like the fisherman. I like the fisherman too. I think that works well. Um, Thanks. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, cause they play, cause even they play up that scene where she goes to the Lord and's like, if you were the killer and I was the lady, like what would happen? And then it's like, ah, yes, here we are. It's, you know, like they're trying to do like a Sherlock Holmes sparring moment where we all know the deal, but we don't know the deal, which is fine. But with everything else being so mysterious, um, it, I don't know, it doesn't hit as well for me. I mean, I was absolutely like, it can't be Lord Masson because yeah. they made me think it was Lord Masson. And then later it's just like, oh yeah, I did that. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I mean, I don't um, want to critique it too, to critique the, the writing too much, but I do feel like in episode four, things felt a little bit on the nose where it was like, you know, things like women are dying. Like they were like outright stating themes sometimes. Although I guess that's the mm. problem you brought up even in the first episode. So I guess that's not new for the show. But some of the stuff with with some of the dialogue to me felt a little on the nose. I should have made notes of some of the specifics, but that's why I was like, did Joss Whedon write this? Uh, he couldn't have written this one. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had that thought as well a couple of times uh, throughout these episodes. Um, but let's go through, I guess, and summarize quite broadly. I, I don't think we need to stop on every scene to comment necessarily. But, yeah. you know, in episode four, Mary's just died. Uh, I want you to join shot. us. Sorry. That, that's right. No, <laughs> set the mood. Up, I yeah. like it. Uh, <laughs> Mary's been killed, and it's a big deal that Amalia Fru is not at the funeral, and there's these, you know, purple ribboners or whatnot, and they're causing a fuss, uh, and everyone's really upset, but they have bolstered the ranks of the the touched, obviously, because a lot of people heard their song. Um, there's this bit with Lord Masson and his yes. factory, like his factory is super central in this episode. How'd you feel about all of that? This was one of the things, actually, where he's like, what are you trying to form a union? Unions will never <laughs> yeah. work. Like basically where he's like, come to me one-on-one and not in a group. But I guess that's probably stuff they would say, but it just felt a little flat to me. No, that, but that's in every historical thing though. They're always like in 75 years, they're going to not remember you. They're going to remember me or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, or they're so they're either stating something usually stating something that's so apparently wrong so that we as an audience could go haha they don't know that this is about to happen <laughs> even though someone wrote that now and we're we're not smarter like we're not outsmarting people in the past and it's it just gives a kind of a, a weak thrill but also when you write about the past you want to talk about issues of today through the lens of the past right so yeah. It's it's something you want to do, but sometimes it's hard to do it not too on the nose when it's literally like cowards forming a union. Come and talk to me like in proper Englishmen or whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, I believe there's a lot of stuff in this episode about figuring out what happened with Mary, of course, and they suspect Mr. Crow. Um, what's his name? Bidlow for a lot of it. Um, what's his name? Augie, uh, Augie. Augustus. Um, who's yeah, he's kind of like a, a, a character that's annoying me, but uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes because everything's I could s- it's always like so Sorry, awkward, I, but yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say that I could see that, but I have been enjoying him <laughs> and uh, I have been enjoying him and uh, Penance Adair getting along better and all of True. that um i do like them no, together Adair. <laughs> yeah 
Well, and and um, I was gonna critique when I initially because I guess it works that we watch watch these uh, or we're discussing these back to back, because uh, cutting back to the beginning again, real quick, like you know we have um, Amalia doing the classic guy thing of like getting mm. drunk, getting laid, and getting fights, <laughs> getting in fights. Um, I was gonna critique it as kind of her her sexuality is kind of toothless up to this point still where they're always trying to pitch that. Like she goes out there and gets her man. And uh, that's how she gets all her frustrations out. And I was thinking that there, it was kind of toothless in comparison to say like how we always see Swan and like, he's getting laid, but like, it's like mm. a legit thing. And I guess they kind of, I don't know. They had to throw in a sex scene in the next episode to prove me wrong. Um, and I, it's a oh, small yeah. quibble, but I just thought like, well, if you're gonna pitch this character, I feel like it's when you just have to cut away. I mean, especially like I kind of rolled my eyes when she like jumps into the crowd and then they cut away. Like if you're just gonna <laughs> cut away, like I I don't know. I feel like are you doing that because it's a lady character? Whereas it's a, if it's a dude's character, you always have to like show him getting it on and like finishing the fight or whatever. But again, I mean, they kind of they kind of already proved me wrong a bit on that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the stereotypical action lead thing, I guess, to do suppress your emotions, etc. And again, that is that all pretty much works for True yeah. in this episode. And then next episode, because this episode, she's all bottling it all up. That's the whole plot of her, obviously not going to the funeral and not like just trying to deal with the thing in front of them. And then at the end of the episode... It is a kind of a powerful moment when they get like the translation of the song and we don't get what it is, but exactly, but she gets what it is and she just yeah. kind of bursts out crying because she has had this facade for the past four episodes entirely. So that's why episode five, I get people being maybe frustrated at, you know, the Galanthi being totally jumped over. I'm sure we'll have it hopefully explained to some degree in uh, the episode six, uh, which is the mid-season sort of break finale. Um, but it it means that her motivation moving forward is more like, you know, what 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 what's she doing? Because we know she's been bottling everything up until now, and we see that break, but we don't really get the payoff after that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get back, go back and get it though. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I I think that makes sense. And I mean, what else do we have going on? Of course, like we well, got like. Go ahead. You no, know, you got it. You go. Okay, I will. So Lord Masson, we have the sparring match with them, kind of like you said, intellectually Sherlock Holmesy in his library, which then ends up with like Masson is trying to con them into going and fucking up their his factory where he's replaced all the shit. Um, and we find out that uh, one of our beloved characters that again we we have had time to connect with this one, even though I forgot her name. I'm sorry. The one with the brooch, the one who's the traitor in this episode. Oh, Lucy, uh, I believe. Lucy. Yeah, yeah sorry. So Lucy Best, um, she is in, she's the traitor in this one. That's kind of the big reveal. That is all pretty fair and good and dramatic, I think. Like, I, th I really like the uh, fight between her and true at the end of the episode where she's making shit explode because that's yeah. what she does um all pretty cool stuff um and 
basically that ends up with her brooch becoming important because it was kind of uh, they they really uh, zoomed in on it in an earlier episode like this is going to come back later but again i feel like it's a little bit shorthand because we don't really know these characters relationships though i will say for lucy just the bit about her baby shattering in her arms and we get that in detail in the previous episode like that's enough to build up to to this moment so it rings pretty uh true for me yeah and i mean not to be that guy um I guess I'm going to be where because it's like they're like, it could have been someone in our midst. And it's almost like they immediately cut to her uh, and you're immediately like, oh, yeah, it's her. And I guess maybe they did that on purpose. I don't know. Um, And also, uh, like, I feel like it was, again, like shorthand because we almost I almost like just endeared myself to this character like an episode ago when they told us like her origin. Um, And I mean, I guess she's probably going to be back. So it'll probably develop more from, from here. Uh, and kind of in a similar fashion, like this whole like Effie character, I'm just confused when she shows up. Cause I'm like, isn't that malady? <laughs> like, I mean, am, 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 did you not recognize that it was the same actress when, when this character showed up? I'm pretty much like face blind as a person. Um, so I'm not a good rule of thumb for this. I did not recognize her, but even not recognizing her, it's still so obvious that something's up with her throughout uh, all of her interactions and everything. Uh, so, uh, but but the reveal did work for me then. So I did not see it was the same person. It's so weird because well done on spotting that, Jim. Because yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to be that dude like oh, I knew it, but it's more. I guess it was more so her voice because I was like, oh, that's the same actress, isn't it? And then, and also, I feel like she looks like she's in a disguise for some reason. I, yeah, like that's what you're saying. How I was like, clearly, there's something up. But I didn't want to Google it at the time because it already aired. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to Google mm-hmm. this and have things ruined. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I'll i give it to him. Like, it's better to have the same actor, like, in the spot than try to do a weird switcheroo or, you know, give her, uh, like, a morphing power or something like that, which they could have. Uh, or they could have just did, yeah, a weird thing, pulls a mask off. So, I mean, they went for it, but it was just... It was mostly hearing her voice. I was like, wait, that's her? What's going on? Um, well, I mean, th- that's really interesting. I'd be really interested to hear if, if if anyone's listening to this and would like to share like your input of did you recognize her or did you just think there was something fishy with her or whatever? Like, Do email us at uh, showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com uh, or tweet at us. That's at showswhatyouknowshow, you, the letter you. Um, because I'm really interested to hear, like, if you're just in a very small percentage that would notice that, or if it was just kind of fucked yeah. <laughs> and, and if they messed it up, um, because I didn't recognize her at all. But again, I'm like super face blind, to be honest. Like I, I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, if there's any time to do something like that, it would be here in the first season, in the first few episodes. Cause like we were even just talking about, we're still, we're still trying to juggle names and stuff like that. So I'm sure it did work. I, I'm not trying to say I'm super smart or something. It was mostly I just in my ear. It's because I always do that when I watch like animated movies. I'm like, whose voice is that? You know, who is this? Yeah. So it's just a dumb thing I do. I'll say it, Jim. You are super smart. Oh, thank you. Um, I was fishing. So, yeah. Um, the only other like main thing in this episode is obviously Malady 
uh, gets caught because he shows up at the police station and like is choking out the chief of police or whatever and uh, talking about how she didn't kill Mary. We figure out later, uh, spoilers for episode five, that uh, this is all kind of orchestrated because she does a swap a but we don't know that yet at this point. Yeah. The, I did want to call out, I, I really enjoyed the scene of uh, the child who speaks all the languages, yes. language kid, uh, v- uh, Myrtle, right? Yeah. Um, she's uh, the scene where she's sort of in the room and because they've added so much to their ranks and they're from all over. And these are, as we've talked about previously, the impoverished, the not the per- people at the highest uh, reaches of society. So they speak more than just one language usually <laughs> because they're usually not uh, from like just where you just need english they're immigrants and and so on so uh they're able to go through and get it translated with uh, translate what she's saying which you'd think they'd then be able to do for anything she wants to say really but i guess you need to get the whole conglomerate together to make it work yeah Um, because it's like a mixture right it's like a mixture of uh it keeps going in and out of different languages and i mean we kind of it was clear that she was going to be important there's going to be some sort of payoff because she's like the first um like touched we see them recruit or save or however you want to phrase it but i i do i think it is a nice payoff and yeah it's it's a nice way to show the the variety of people they've now brought in and use all like everyone's putting their heads together and working together so i love to see it and as with any sort of x-men like thing it's cool to see a power introduced that seems to be more of a detriment than a positive and then see how that can actually be beneficial in the long run um like uh, apparently she understands all languages automatically because of this she just can't control which language she's speaking maybe she'll be able to control that over time but yeah in this case understanding a non-human language uh pretty cool stuff um so the big reveal at the end is ah oh, the Galanthi and episode five opens with this big blue orb that I guess is the Galanthi or one Galanthi. They even talk about, we don't know what the Galanthi is, but they talk about how to pluralize it and say like, oh, it's Galanthi even when it's just one or when it's multiple. And it's like, because the characters have this intimate understanding of what's going on and why it matters, uh, it does get a little bit annoying. It didn't annoy me that much because I just... I am setting my hopes on getting all of this paid off in the next episode, and I'm okay with waiting. Uh, but if they don't do that, I'll be fucking annoyed as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just because um, I kept being like, "Who's Galanthi? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is that person?" <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, I expected this show, the subreddit, to be like full of theories. The most popular i don't i'm not 100 sure but i'm pretty sure the most popular post on there that was up this week anyway is just this uh screen cap of augie when he's being interrogated by uh penance and uh he's like what's happening i don't know what's happening and the caption's like every fan of the nevers <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they don't yeah. go into it and so instead of theories we have that everyone assumes they're aliens we assume that uh you know uh that true is an alien maybe she jumped in the water her human self died but because she got the spore on her or whatever like an alien went into her and it's in the driving seat or whatever um like we assume there's something like that but if that's it 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 doesn't really make sense to hold off on the reveal since that's Mm. the assumption. There's not a hundred different theories uh well there's basically just that (laughs) it's funny though because like I mean, I watched these two episodes like an hour ago 
Uh, I watched them yeah. back to back. Like, <laughs> and honestly, that didn't cross my mind whatsoever. But I also didn't have a lot of time to let them sit or even like go online and see what people were thinking. Um, yeah. Because I'm still I'm still sitting here thinking like, who's her sister? <laughs> Is her sister talking to her? <laughs> Is her husband? Couldn't be her husband. That's a dude. Can't be a guy that's going to be the one that come in to save the day. Uh, but yeah, clearly, I mean, now that you tell me that, it's like, yeah, of course, it's aliens and she's an alien. And everyone knows she's an alien except us, the audience. Yeah, I mean, seems like it. I mean, what else is the Galanti? Again, uh, I I guess I'll be impressed if they do something else with it. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just seems like what this show has been showing me previously is that they keep the air of mystery and then do the reveal of what you assumed along the way because they've done that like twice. Yeah. Uh, so I assume it's going to be the same thing with this, which isn't too bad. Like I still like the concepts being thrown around. But anyway, this episode, episode five, is all about the execution, right? Because if we start with the conviction. We start with we've jumped ahead for a bit. Uh, as you said, we get a sexy sack scene in there. I think yeah. she gets a couple in this episode, true. Yeah. Uh, if you count fingering. Um, <laughs> and we have Malady like singing in the prison, like just basically a montage setting up what's going on and the Lords discussing how it's an outrage that there's going to be a public execution and some of them saying, no, we need to do this. To... And honestly, am I the only one who's like, Ah, sure, it was olden times. No, <laughs> what's, exactly. What's the big deal? <laughs> I think that too. I'm like, didn't, aren't they? Um, it's olden times. They're all savage people. So they would, <laughs> they would do something backwards like this. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, of course. Though. It's kind of funny because this, I think they had to have this discussion between the lords at the start to set up that it is actually like a controversial decision at the time because if they were just yeah. like public execution i'd be like yeah of course why yeah, not <laughs> even to the extent that some of them are like this is uh, this is fucked up even for us uh and then yeah. i guess what they also hint that what one of the other guys daughters might also be uh, have a yeah. turn or something like that that he's hiding yeah, no, she has lymph nodes or something. Yeah. Wait, what What does she say? I, mean, I have it here. Uh, he, oh, lumbago. Lum, lumbago. I don't know what that is, but she stands up and says it. There's a dramatic camera movement. Yeah. It's great. Um, which is so shit because Lord Masson is obviously the one who has a kid who is like in his dungeon because she turned into a werewolf or some bullshit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of speeches in this episode uh to be frank like there's a lot of talking back and forth about a lot of like concepts and ideas um more so through uh, later on in the episode but even like the clip from the start of our podcast with the scientist and uh miss bidlow and who's clearly Olash, like they, now who's clearly i mean i guess he was already a villain but like he's clearly like the guy that's like overtaken by the thing, and he's like, "Look, it doesn't even do anything bad, or does it?" Uh, but, but I kind of love that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, that is a cool idea. If I mean, it's an obvious but cool thing. And he does his little speech. They all have the goggles, and I guess they have all the like, uh, you know, uh, lobotomized people working there because supposedly that this thing is what's giving people powers and he yeah. says like oh we've managed to be here without sprouting wings or whatever even though he might be taken over as you said and i think bidlow maybe it's an obvious guess but i assume she just wants to be able to walk and wants to use this for that somehow i yeah. don't know maybe not um 
but yeah, the episode does end with one of these people. It's the person from an earlier episode doing the floaty thing, right? So apparently this thing is giving people back their powers anyway, even though they're uh, semi-lobotomized. So yeah, yeah, it's pulsing more and more. That's the thing as well. So it's they think it's going to maybe hatch. They're going to try to get it out of the city, I guess, underground. Um, but... True has this plan to go in and snatch it, and that becomes the whole big conflict, whether they're going to do that or, as Penazadere wants, just go and, and save um, Malady, even though it makes no sense to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of because they, they, obviously they're just setting up the parallels here between um, Penance and... Um, and true and how like you know again we're seeing even though like uh like you said she's bottled up in the last episode and it's kind of letting it out now but she still has this mission she was abandoned and she didn't ask for this uh and then uh, like we get to see it like literally take place in the courtyard where it's like here's my plan i'm doing this well i'm doing this and it's like pick your side let's see where your allegiances are I guess that was the bit where I mostly felt that like uh, they hadn't quite earned that moment because yeah. I, I was like, they, yeah, they've talked at each other about this. And from context, I can tell that they care a lot. Uh, but the dramatics between them and especially in like, oh, you have to pick a side and stand on either side. It's like you're doing the whole uh, X-Men, Xavier, and Magneto thing, but you're doing it, like, way too early because uh, literally some of them could just go off and do one thing and some do another thing, and then you reconvene, which is what they basically do, but they make it feel as if it's not that. They make it feel as if who's going to be the new leader of this here outfit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Um, shit, I lost my thought, because there was a... Uh, forget it. I lost my thought. I'll have to come back to it. That's... That's all right. Uh, we have, just to touch on a couple of the other scenes that we might skip over, we have Nick Frost showing up again a bit more here, chatting with Lord Masson uh, and being really charismatic. I really like Nick Frost. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. And like they're, they, this is where we kind of get the reveal that he made Odium think that it, the order came from the Beggar King, from Nick Frost. But actually Masson was the one who intercepted and made him go and try to kill True, which is... I guess, fine. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, and he basically recruits the Beggar King to cause chaos in the streets because Lord Masson really, really hates the Touched. We knew that all along. Uh, but yeah, we get him orchestrating this whole thing to happen. This basically a crystal knight to connect it to Nazism. They're forced to wear blue banners. Like, it's all pretty obvious stuff. Um, and they're basically going to have a, a... Is that what it's called in, in English? Uh crystal night where they go and shatter all the jewish shops in uh nazi germany as they were taking control basically just mm. have a, a bunch of anti-touched riots yeah um happen in connection with the hanging and he wants th that to happen because he's a dick yeah and in like some of it they're like propping up themselves i do remember what i was gonna say like, a little bit like kind of similar to uh penance's whole thing of like uh, you know, she doesn't want people to be killed and she doesn't want to make weapons and stuff like that. But it also reminds me of when uh, Mundy chases down 
uh, malady. I thought he killed her yeah. basically in that scene. Yeah, when yeah. He, he's slamming her head against the wall and chokes her out. Cause, and even like, cause a few scenes earlier, they're like, this is the bear or what the ape or whatever. Like this guy's a fucking maniac. But then when someone comes over, he's like, Hey, no, no, that's not how we do things around here. We do, we do real justice. Um, but that's all. It was just, it was just a weird, cause I, I don't know if I was the only one that took that from it. Cause I was like, Oh, he just murdered her. So now what's going to happen? <laughs> no, I didn't think that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I Even though I was saying things are very on the nose, I still liked the scene where, you know, they're uh, True and Adair are discussing all the ethics of this nonsense and then go out and there's just a hundred nooses there. Yeah. Like, it's very ominous and a good, excuse me, a good like uh, momentum to push to push Adair into staying up all night and and putting together this plan and it's a cool idea I think the problem is partially that I I was never sold on a public execution being so much better than a private execution and yes it's bad that Malady has become what she's become because she's mentally ill and it's not entirely her fault necessarily but I think that's a pretty advanced viewpoint to have when you're living in a society where she has murdered loads and loads of people and like what do you what do you want to do with her exactly like it's kind of difficult to emphasize with Adair's point of view because we are already like yeah sure public execution private execution who cares um and that's like a big thing for everyone in the episode um at least that's how I felt about it no you're right when she's like we have to rescue Malady and I'm like what are you going to do when you've rescued Malady, though? Because first of all, I don't think it's going to work. And secondly, how is that like, I know you don't want the murder of a touched in public so that that will spur on more anti-touch sentiment, but also rescuing Malady is not a good PR move either, right? <laughs> yeah, well, th- that's right. Because you, you reminded me because there's the line where she's like, they're executing her for being touched. And it's like, no, they're not. They even said, like, <laughs> I mean, I get, yeah, she's correct. But, like, if I'm just a dumb shit villager, commoner, uh, and, you know, this lady's been terrorizing our town or our city, whatever you want to call it, and they even say, like, she's she's murdered fi- at least, like, 15 people and terrorized, like, that's more the takeaway. And honestly, to me, it feels the opposite. Like, her being loose to me is more dangerous to the idea of the touched than like if they just put her down, put her down, (laughs) they just put her down in public. And then we have this orphanage of all the good ones. Oh man. They, they really won me over. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I was just looking up real quick out of interest, the history of, uh, capital punishment in the UK. I mean, it does seem to be that, uh, they they put an end to public executions well before this you know so if that's not happened in 40 or 50 years i guess yeah it's a big deal okay but just ethic i i i I assume they would have gotten that right historically because that's the kind of detail they would leave in place because they're fucking everything else up obviously like introducing steampunk and cars and all this bullshit so they would probably keep that sort of sense of what life was like in that time period hopefully find out more real history um but essentially i am not 
like, even though I don't know why True wants the Galanthi or what it is, I still empathize, empathize more with her quest uh, because I'm like, yeah, this is clearly, like, not a good idea um, because what the fuck are you going to do with Malady once she's out? Uh, like, even if you exile her and send her away from the city like you did with Lucy, like, she's just going to go off and murder a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's not good either. Um, but anyway, we get on to the actual, like, day of the execution. Malady, in the form of the reporter, does, like, whisper something to Swan that we don't hear. And oh, yeah. Swan is ask- acting, like, super sus at the execution, but I don't really... Uh, I don't see the end point of that. Like, I don't, I don't see what happened there. Like, if he's uh, a bad guy now, or if Malady just told him something unimportant. I don't know because he's just kind of jumping up and down and acting like a weirdo. Uh, but I don't know what he's doing. Like at the execution, I don't really remember. You just watched it more recently. I don't know if any of that made sense to you. No, I don't know because like I still kind of don't get his character a lot. Like I was saying before, yeah. it feels like he's from a different show, and so far I haven't seen like it. it it like come together uh fully um so yeah Yeah. i'm kind of with you and then i mean i guess like part of it is the whole thing of like i don't like the blue bloods um but Mm -hmm. then it's like once shit goes down he wants to immediately go back up there so i mean there's obviously some symbolism there but yeah I, i don't really have a guess on why he was acting how he was acting after uh someone whispering in his ear yeah and so I guess because I didn't spot that the reporter was actually Malady, I have to be the one, uh, the part in this episode to say, this was all pretty cool to me. I assume it wasn't to you. I assume you were just like, yeah, of course she's the reporter. (laughs) (laughs) Or even if you were just suspecting it, it would have like stopped you to a certain extent. And yeah, even like it was clear that stuff was going on, obviously, with multiple plots to get her out of there or whatever. But when Malady hangs herself, I do, I did think that she had done that. um, And that like, I kind of doubted it, but I did think it. And the reveal worked pretty well for me on um th- especially the the uh, shoe coming off and you see the foot that's all fucked up because we've had yeah. that so well established in a previous episode that it's such a nice like pin drop uh for us to to figure that out and for everything to come together in the last few moments of the episode so all of that kind of basically worked for me so that was pretty cool yeah no i still think it is pretty cool um I mean, like I said, I didn't know for sure, but I was like, is this the same actress? Like, what's going on? And I was like, is there something about her power that I don't know? (laughs) Like, I thought it was like just something to do with, you know, her turn or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still works. I I can't poo poo on it too much. Yeah. And uh, so there's a couple of plots, like I said, like the electricity thing. The only thing for me was that. It didn't feel like, yeah, a lot of people would die, but not like that many because they'd be only the ones at the front. But I guess the stampede would lead to more people being killed, as we see almost happen to to one of our characters, the one who turns stuff into ice and she's trying to get out and is then kind of trampled. And in the after show thing, they kind of talk about how this is a big moment that for the audience that really humanizes Malady because Malady in the form of the reporter goes and helps uh, one of our characters who's being stampeded over. Yeah, Harriet. Uh, but we don't know it's Malady at the time, so it, they're, they're, they're acting like, wow, it's such a huge thing that we're seeing Malady's empathy and everything. And I'm like, I didn't see any of that because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess that's like a step towards um, if they do want to make her more of like a, 
uh, I guess who's already Magneto, but more of a Magneto that could pull some of our main characters away. Because right now it would make no sense for someone to like join her because she's a she's a wacko yeah. still. Uh, but I guess it shows she does have the capacity for a bit more. I mean, they've definitely like hinted at the doctors that she killed were all like men who did fucked up stuff to her. Mm. So uh, it's a pretty easy way to bring her back. I mean, they did go into the opera and literally machine gun people at random. <laughs> but hey, they're all upper class anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, fuck them, right? <laughs> That's the, they, they don't want us to unionize, so we should kill them. I agree, the Nevers. <laughs> um yeah, and I mean, that basically brings us to the end of the episode. We get the riots. Um, obviously, I guess the effect is even enhanced because the Beggar King arranges these riots to happen. And of course, there's just been people killed through uh, maladies, malfeasance. Um, and even Nick Frost has a moment where he's there with the scotch and he's like, oh, what have I done? I better drink this scotch. Um, and that's kind of where we ended more well, or less. Well, you know what was a bit much is... Uh... Like, because, yeah, I mean, a riot happens, people are dying, and then when Penance gets back, she's like, how'd it go? It was a riot. It's like, oh, you're making a fucking, like, but it's like a weird double entendre joke, kind of? Like, oh, it was a lot, like, you know what I mean? It was a riot. That's how I read it. Do you read, did you read that it was a joke, almost? Like a Joss Whedon-y, like, uh, I practiced this before, and I'm sweaty. Like, I don't know. I was like, what is that goof? Oh, right, yeah, because, um... Yeah, no, it's a bit goofy. I was yeah. more just concentrated on their storyline and like, yeah. right, I guess we're going to re- literally rewind time and I see do how like we that. ended up here. I like yeah. that. I, I like that idea that we see a hint of uh, what Amalia dealt with. And uh, yeah, I assume we're going to, in the uh, next episode, we'll see what was going on while the riot was happening. Yeah, I guess I I was definitely too caught up for the pun uh, to uh, like annoy me, but yeah, I, I, although <laughs> it was a right. The other thing, although I guess maybe this is still just another thread we're gonna get into. What what's the with the the handle they didn't pull, and then he throws this jacket on it, and the handle goes, and something comes out of the back. Is that something important? Yeah, I saw clips of that when I was scrubbing through, but. Uh, I don't really remember. I was no, just waiting for so a big balloon slowly being revealed. I thought a big balloon was going to come out and be like, the touched her all right. <laughs> Wait, there is like a big balloon It's like a thing balloon though, right? thing's that coming out. Escape. Something like that. Yeah. Touched her. Okay. Or like a big rat. <laughs> no, like that. What, when they go to the Sopranos union busting uh, protests or whatever. <laughs> Yes, that's a very specific <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that was, yeah, hang on. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. That was their means of escape, right? That was the idea. Is that what I it was? I honestly, theory. I was like, what is this? I was like, this guy's so dumb that he uh, then just throws <laughs> his jacket on the handle. No, I assumed that was just how they were going to get Malady out of there, but I don't know what they were going to do after mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, we we see, now that you mentioned it, we, I guess we can like, freeze frame on True's party and make some assumptions because we see Bonfire Annie getting patched up and Augie looks like he's leveled up and being badass a little bit because he's there bleeding and looking a bit cool for once. Uh, So maybe he'll be less annoying, but I I won't make any promises, Jim. Um, And yeah, that's what we're going to see next episode, I guess. Uh, Winding back down. I, I mean... We already did the general discussion kind of up front. I'm still really much, really enjoying it. There's usually like one or two things per episode that doesn't quite hit for me. And I think that has a lot to do with them 
not having or not taking the time to build out these characters. But I also don't see how a show with this budget level could be Buffy with 22 episodes, you know, going in on all these different side adventures. So it makes sense. Um, But it, it just you the show expects you to do some of the work for them in connecting dots and that makes sense but also in like connecting and and starting to care more about the characters based on their look and based on their presentation and their archetype that they're uh sort of presenting as in the show so i i think that's kind of a bit to its detriment but it's the sort of thing that can easily be fixed over time as we get to know the characters better um so i guess the only remaining question is whether the show will be allowed to continue to that point given that we're not hearing that much discussion on it sadly yeah Yeah, and i know like i probably have sounded very negative in this discussion i don't mean to do that because Again, these are not really issues to me. They're just small little quibbles I'm pointing out, and I would chalk most of it up to season one stuff. Uh, Genre shows especially, season one is always like, you know, good, but like you're seeing the potential as, you know, they're working out some of the kinks and establishing the characters. I mean, TV in general can be like that with season one, but I I feel like especially genre and especially even Joss Whedon. uh, Yeah, I just uh, watched a lot of Angel season one recently. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this is the Nevers is a really good show, guys. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't want to sound too negative because I agree with everything you're saying. I think I still part of it is a lot of just that I like these characters a lot. So I would would prefer some more smaller moments with them before we get into a lot of the big plot stuff. I still like the plot stuff and I like that. I I, I even like that it's a take on X-Men because without being the Mm. X-Men, I like that they're like, well, let's just make our own thing. I I think that's cool. Um, So there's a lot to like. I think the act, the casting's great. The actors are great. Uh, I, like I, we mentioned in the first episode, like I immediately like liked the characters and was ready to die for them. Uh, so <laughs> I'm on board and I do hope the show picks up more. Uh, I, I don't mean that like as far as how the show's made, I just mean that as far as audience wise. Uh, yeah. and I hope that, that it's doing well where, yeah, I know we know we're getting six more episodes for the second half of this season and I hope it gets picked up for season two. Absolutely. Uh, that about wraps it up for our discussion. As I said earlier, you can send your thoughts. Uh, did you recognize Malady? Uh, to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us and follow us at showswhatyouknow. That's the letter U on Twitter. Um, you'll also find all of our other shows and, and show coverage at showswhatyouknow.com. All one big brand. Um, and that's about it. Thank you for listening to The Never Afters. Yeah. Because that's the name of our show. We just decided. Ask me if I'm ever going to give up on this show. Are you ever going to give up on this show? Nevers!